If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 101 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on June 20th, Father's Day, 2021. Now, my friends, Yapping Yankees is being brought to you by, obviously, myself and Ball9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Any and all baseball stories, articles, roundtable discussions, featured baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and much, much more, visit the website. I promise you, you'll be glad that you did. That's ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias, at ball9. And know what you don't know. Also, guys, help to spread the word about Yapping Yankees, but... Also, at the same time, stay updated on everything with both me and the Yankees. And you could do all that by following yours truly on social media. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at Mike Scuds97. And remember to subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees on all platforms it's available on. And those are YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Happy Father's Day, my friends. I hope all the dads out there have a special day today like they deserve. Especially my dad. Bias aside, I promise. (laughs) But I love you, Dad. And I can't thank you enough for everything that you do for me and Thomas. And for those who don't know, Thomas is my little brother. And I hope you know that Thomas and I could not possibly be more thankful for everything that you've ever done for us and continue to do for us, and we'll remember it for as long as we live. And while there's obviously a very unique bond between a child and a mother, because the mother's the one who gives birth, along with how much the mother also does, of course, that bond cannot be duplicated. It does take a man and a woman coming together to make a child. And there's also, of course, a very special bond between a child and their father as well. So we're also, of course, eternally grateful for you helping to give us life, and for playing the big role that you have in making our lives special ones. And we're seriously so lucky to have you and mom as parents. But I hope Father's Day is special for you, and I can't wait to hopefully help make it even more special by seeing you later, so... That's where I'm headed after I'm done with this show, and I cannot wait. Which actually leads me into an announcement about today's show. And I'm not sure how many of you saw this on Twitter or my Instagram story already, but I said it on Friday, and I'll say it again here for those who didn't see it, but there will not be a social media segment for today's episode. So, many apologies, my friends, but honestly, this weekend with... Father's Day and everything, it's just been crazy. 
I was running around yesterday in the beginning part of the day, and then I watched the game, and now later today, here on Sunday, I'm recording this in the morning, I'm obviously going to be spending the whole day with my dad, as I just said before, so... Like I have many times in the past, I figured it'd be better to just do a shorter show today rather than no show at all, because I still want to do it and I want to give you the content. You guys know I don't like taking weeks off unless it's absolutely necessary. Plus, not for nothing, but forever now, basically every episode has been crazy long, so I don't think a shorter one is going to kill anyone, but (laughs) again though, I apologize. But no social media segment for today's show. So, right after I'm done yapping away in this introduction, (laughs) we'll just dive right into recapping this past week's action. And there is plenty to go over, as always. But just before we get to all of that, I also want to just take a second right here to just thank all of you for the amazing reception and congratulations I received for episode 100 last week. It was absolutely incredible, and I really am beyond fortunate to have such amazing supporters. I I really, really am. I know I say that often, but it's because I truly mean it. And I don't know what I did to deserve you guys, but (laughs) I thank you all so, so much for all the amazing support. For last week's landmark episode in particularly, but also just in general. Thank you so, so much. It means the world to me. Now... (laughs) Let's get to talking about everything from this past week, my friends. From more injury updates on Voight, Darren O'Day, where the hell's he been? More on that later. (laughs) Justin Wilson. Yeah, just a bunch of injury updates. To some more talk about the sticky substance crap. Gary Sanchez improving. Another trade happened this past week involving none other than Mike Ford. I'll give you all the details about that later on. And when it comes to recapping the games, you got the big sweep against the Blue Jays, the evened up series against the Athletics so far. We just got plenty to discuss. So let's have some fun and jump into our Yapping Yankees time machine to last Sunday, my friends, and recap the week. Hit it! We're so lucky to have the only time machine in the history of mankind, aren't we? We're just ahead of the curb here on Yapping Yankees, but... (laughs) So last Sunday, in last week's episode, the lineup had come out, if you remember, and I said that if Herman didn't pitch an absolute gem, that this would be a loss. I nearly guaranteed it, and guess what? I was correct. (laughs) Because the offense didn't score a single run, as I had anticipated, only had four hits on the whole freaking day, did nothing against an otherwise struggling Aaron Nola this year, and they even had some more base-running blunders sprinkled into there, so... Just a mess. Exactly how I envisioned it would be. And Herman this time around, he just didn't have it. In four and a third innings, he gave up ten hits, seven runs, one walk, and only struck out two guys. So for him, as I said last week, coming into this weekend, with Kluber being out, he's been the most reliable starter outside of Cole, but he just bombed this time around. And quite simply put, the Yanks would lose 7 to nothing. 
So another weekend sweep, which also, of course, goes down as another series loss, fell to one game over 500 and eight and a half games out of first. Quick recap for this one, because, well, I mean, what else was there to take away from this game other than how pathetic it was? So that's that. That was Sunday. Monday was an off day. And Tuesday, before we talk about the game, that MRI that I mentioned last week that Seve was getting last Sunday after he had that groin injury in his rehab start, well, the results for it were revealed a couple of hours before the game. And it turns out that he did have a strain after all, and still does, of course, with his groin. A grade 2 strain, to be precise. And going forward for this, his approach is, you know, just trying to keep his arm going and playing catch. He was playing catch at the stadium yesterday, we saw, so that's good. And his return will be delayed by about a month or so. So now possibly we're looking at a late July, early August return. So at least it doesn't seem too much longer. So that's the follow-up about the news for his injury from last week, a grade 2 groin strain, and that's what he's going to be doing going forward, and that's around the time where he's expected back, late July or early August. Uh, Brian Cashman had a Zoom presser too. I didn't even bother to watch it since, yet again, he said nothing that we haven't heard before. Also had a continuation of the sticky stuff drama, the pitching substances, and the punishments for pitchers if they're caught with it. And the pitchers were going nuts about it. And the punishment, in case you don't already know, is that if a pitcher is caught with any of the substances like sunscreen or pine tar or the spider tack stuff, then they'll be suspended for 10 games. And like I said before, the pitchers were just going crazy about it. And they were talking about how using absolutely nothing affects their entire routine and could even cause injuries. Tyler Glass now actually had a presser about it. It was very informative, honestly. Even if you don't agree with it, it's good to just get the pitcher's perspective of things. But he was talking about how it was to use absolutely nothing in the start that he had before he got injured. And how he thinks that that actually could have led to him getting hurt, not using any substances. Especially with having to abruptly change his whole routine and how he even throws the pitches themselves now. And I have to imagine all pitchers feel the same way. And I thought it was an informative presser, so go watch if you haven't. And also, best wishes to him with his injury, by the way. But like I said last week, the whole thing, it's just a mess. And a humongous chunk of it is the league's fault. I want to reiterate that. That a chunk of this mess is the league's fault. Not for attacking something that is illegal, but again, for now pretending to care just because of the attention brought to it. Even though it's already knowingly been happening for decades. And also, not for nothing, their timing of this whole thing. They're just choosing to enact this right in the middle of the season. So, Major League Baseball is continuing to be, well, Major League Baseball. (laughs) With Rob Manfred continuing to effectively and systematically destroy my favorite sport on the face of the earth by not having a single priority in proper order. Like Rodon, when even he said that you're going to suspend pitchers for 10 games, but for instance, the Astros players for the cheating scandal went unpunished. And you know what? I've really been trying to move on from the Astros thing. I really have. But at the same time, you have to acknowledge that Rodon isn't wrong when it comes to the hypocrisy of Major League Baseball and what they choose to pretend to care about.
So Major League Baseball as a whole, but particularly Manfred, much to my liking, continues to constantly be called out for proving time and time again why he's the worst commissioner in sports. So thanks again for that, Rob, you clueless tone-deaf moron. Just keep on taking our favorite game and ruining the hell out of it. Just keep on doing it. Have fun. It's not like you or the owners care about what we have to say anyway. So anyway, lots of crap before the game. But fortunately, despite all that, the game itself, the Yankees and Blue Jays game, the first of three, it helped with everything because the Yankees got the win against the Jays to open up the series. And a nice comeback win at that. And with how this past week went, could this game have been the start of them, dare I say, turning a corner? (laughs) If they keep it up, maybe. But anyways, Montgomery started the game and it started badly right away for him. He walked the first three batters of the game. But after that, he settled down somewhat, but obviously still not the best of starts overall. Ultimately, he'd go five and a third, five hits, five runs, four of them earned. One came home on a passed ball by Gary. He walked four and struck out four. A lot of fours. (laughs) And while he was pitching, the offense scored two runs on a nuke by Gary. And then Chris Giddens, hard-hitting Giddens, first career hit which was also a solo bomb, so congrats to him. It was a tie game at that time, but by the time Monty was done, it was 5-2 Jays. Then, while Sessa and Lewisica threw up zeros, the Yankee offense began the comeback. RBI ground up by Andujar, solo shot by Gardy, third solo home run of that game. I I gotta tell you, those are like the only home runs the Yankees hit this year. (laughs) Just solo shots. After that... The fifth and tying run scored on a wild pitch. And then in the eighth, Frazier, Clint Frazier, one of his dangerously rare moments of hope amongst a season of unbelievable underachieving, got a go-ahead pinch-hit RBI double to give the Yanks a 6-5 lead. And then to seal the victory, Britain pitched into and out of trouble in the eighth. And Chapman in the ninth, back to being absolutely filthy. Yanks won 6-5, snapping another losing streak and getting a much-needed win. And thankfully, in thrilling fashion, that would continue on Wednesday. Two thrilling victories in a row in a stadium that was a house of horrors for them last year. (laughs) And against an opponent in the Blue Jays, too, whom before this series, as we know, they had done awful against this season so far. And, also worth mentioning, they moved two games up in the standings, with the Rays losing two in a row, which is a rarity these days, but they've been having a little bit of a rough go at it, and you know, it was destined to happen at some point, it happens to the best of the teams. But anyways, Cole started the game, and although Cole's strikeouts were down again in this game, like I've said in the past, I really don't care how you get the outs, (laughs) just get the outs. Whether it be from hard hits or 90,000 strikeouts, just get the outs. And he did. He went eight freaking innings. Benefit of not having many strikeouts, guys? Again, you throw less pitches. And when you do that and you still get the outs necessary, it makes you more economical, which could lead to you going deeper into games if you're the pitcher. And that's the fact, Jack. And if you get that reference, then you are a legend. (laughs) 
Garrett's got plenty of strikeouts as it is, my friends. <laughs> but anyways, eight innings, only four hits allowed, two runs on two solo shots, one by Semyon and one by Biggio, just one walk and four strikeouts. And of course, with the Yankees winning, he earned his eighth victory. Scoring-wise, I mean, outside of a first-inning sack fly by Stanton when they had the bases loaded, nobody out, and could have easily scored even more, the bats were dead until the later part in the game against five ERA Ross Stripling. Typical this season in a Garrett Cole start. That's admittedly what we were all thinking when the bats were dead for about five innings against five ERA Ross Stripling. Let's be really honest right now. But thankfully, pinch hitting later in the game with a runner on, Gary Sanchez, who's undeniably been hitting much better of late for a few weeks now. He came up and hit a two-run home run that I'm not even sure has even landed yet, to be honest. (laughs) The home run was freaking massive. And it's time to get real for a second, because when am I ever not? But you guys know me. You know how I am. Of all the opinions I've ever given out, whether it be before you even knew me, or on social media, or on this show, I've been correct a lot. You gotta admit, I really have been. But of course, because I'm still a human being, like you, I'm also wrong about my fair share of things. And I'm pretty sure you already know where this is going by now, but just hear me out. I'm also pretty wrong about my fair share of things, like everybody is, whether they want to admit it or not. And that's fine. You may recall, I even mentioned it on the show, that about a month ago, I had basically thrown in the towel on Gary after he was off to a horrendous start, after the way he'd already been for a few seasons prior. And I still think I was justified to feel that way at the time. But... Do you think that meant I wanted him to fail? How much did I acknowledge on this show throughout the entire winter how much work he had put in? How much I wanted him to succeed? That much never changed. Just, he was doing horribly. And my patience had just hit zero. Most people's did. And again, understandably so. I think it's fair, and I still think even now it was justified. And you know what? If your patience didn't hit zero, then good for you. But I'll tell you this. With Gary's resurgence lately, I would love to be proven wrong about my throwing in the towel. I would love to be. And I'm sure anybody else that did would love to be as well. I would rather the players on my team succeed, thus leading to the team succeeding, than me being right. That means a lot more to me than being right about something I said. So, by all means... I hope this continues as much as the next Gary Sanchez fan does. Because, again, I'd rather see success than be correct about a take that I gave. So, by all means, Gary, keep having huge moments like this. (laughs) So anyways, he pinch hit since Higgy started the game, hit that mammoth home run, giving the Yankees a 3-2 lead, and if you ask me, at the same time, in my eyes and apparently in the eyes of many others, He made it really tough yet again to make Cole starts an automatic Higgy day because Higgy's been Cole's personal catcher. I think we all know that by now. And I even said this when Gary was doing badly and I'll stay consistent as always. I'm keeping that same energy. If you earn the playing time, then you deserve to play more. So it's starting to not be such an automatic thing 
for Garrett Cole starts. And after Chapman made us all sweat through our clothes in the ninth, he earned the save, his 14th, and the Yanks won the nail-biter 3-2 and would seek the sweep in Buffalo Thursday night. And on Thursday, before we even get to the game, there was a trade announcement, and it involves Mike Ford. After he was just DFA'd last week, if you remember me saying, on last week's episode 100. But he was traded to the Rays for cash and a player to be named later. I think the cash was a hundred grand. And I didn't mind when he was DFA'd, and I don't mind him being traded. But the only question I have is why in division? Especially to the Rays. Even with someone like Mike Ford, who I don't consider to be a big deal as far as players are concerned, but my only thing is, stop trading in division. I mean, unless it's the Orioles, maybe. They're not in any sort of contention. But still, just stop trading in division. I don't care who it is or what sort of potential that they have or don't have to change upon going there. I've never liked trading in division. But especially if Ford goes to Tampa and rakes... I'm going to plunge my head into a wall. Stop trading within the division. That's basically all I have to say about this. (laughs) Also, some quick injury updates. Voigt, Luke Voigt, continued to rehab from the oblique injury. He still is right now. Still praying they're not rushing him, as I've said for a couple of weeks now. But he's making great progress, apparently. And he's looking to probably be back within, like the next two or three days. So, we'll see what happens with Luke. Again, prayers that he doesn't re-aggravate anything or anything like that upon his return. And Darren O'Day! And I know, you're probably asking the exact same thing as the rest of us. Where the hell has he been these last couple of months since his shoulder injury? (laughs) I've said the exact same thing. Well, he's been throwing. And he's going to start rehabbing soon, apparently. So... Another important bullpen piece, returning soon, it would seem. And Justin Wilson is also making progress in coming back, even though we obviously know he's been god-awful this year, but that's the update on him. So, lots of people on the way back, it would seem. Speaking of continuing to come back, that Yankee offense, man, again on Thursday, and it's about damn time. They'd remain resilient and help complete the big sweep in Buffalo. In a stadium that was, again, want to keep repeating it, a nightmare for the Yanks last year. And I also want to repeat, against a Blue Jays team that they have just straight up sucked against before this week. (laughs) They got to work right away, getting three runs on an Andujar RBI fielder's choice in the second, followed by a Geo two-run bomb in the third. And that came after the Yankees turned another triple play in the first, by the way, thanks to completely nonsensical base running by the Blue Jays. It must be contagious. (laughs) Those hardly ever happen, though, triple plays. But that's the second one for the Yanks now in, what, like a month and a half? That's freaking legendary. (laughs) And Michael King, who started the game went scoreless until he allowed two runs himself in the bottom of the third, and then a game-tying RBI ground out in the bottom of the fifth on a run that scored with Litke pitching, but the runner that scored was King's responsibility. So, King's final line, four and a third, 
three runs, two walks, and just one strikeout. So, not great, but good enough, I'd say, for what they're asking of him. But Litke would get those last two outs, and then Green came in during the tie in the sixth, gave up a run on an RBI single, and he's lucky it wasn't more because he had help on an unbelievable home run robbing catch by Aaron Judge. Unreal catch. Couldn't pick my jaw up off the ground for about 20 minutes. And I gotta be honest with you, I'm really not sure much of anyone else in the entire sport makes that catch. Back up against the wall, the leap, glove behind him, over his head, and just made an unbelievable catch. And that also served as a good momentum shifter too. Because it was 4-3 to three Jays at that point. Would have been 6-3 to three if he didn't rob that home run. But it was 4-3 to three at that point. But the offense jumped right back out in front in the top of the 7th on a 2-run missile by Stanton. Didn't even look like a home run off the bat. I don't know where he generates that power. I mean, maybe it's because he's a building of muscle. But other than that. And then after that, a 2-run single by Giddens. That made it 7-4. to four. And from there, the bullpen would lock it down. Chad Green would pitch into the seventh. Loisaga would finish the seventh and pitch a scoreless eighth. He's just cracked this year. Guy is in a league of his own. Unreal this season. And if you don't know what cracked means, well, that's pretty much what it means. He's just been unreal. Top of the ninth, the Yanks added one more on a Giddens sack fly to make it eight to four. He really had himself a hell of a series. And that would be the final after Britain threw another scoreless inning in the ninth and break out those brooms, baby. Big sweep completed. And the Rays lost again, so that's another game gained in the standings too. Very good ending to a series that I, and I'll gladly admit, thought would go very differently. (laughs) And thankfully, it didn't. And then they got to ride that feeling back home to the Bronx, met with 100% capacity at Yankee Stadium, obviously for the first time since 2019. And not just 100% for vaccinated sections, the whole stadium. It was awesome to see again, even though the crowds were a little bit down both Friday and yesterday, which may or may not be a statement by the fans as to how the Yankees have been overall this year. I leave that to your interpretation. But regardless, it was good to hear about the stadium being able to go back to 100% capacity. You know what wasn't awesome, though? Friday's game. Thanks to a lot of bit of more crappy umpiring. Not a little bit, a lot of bit. Although, as we know, that's a regular thing these days. But it was also thanks to a quiet offense and Wandy Peralta, who the Yanks got in the Talkman trade, of course, continuing to do horribly. He was good for a little bit when he first got here, but for a while now, he's been nothing short of horrendous. And for some reason, continues to get opportunities in high leverage moments, which I hope can be done with now after Friday night. But anyways, first of three against the A's, Tyone on the mound. He'd give up a homer to Olsen and an RBI single to Canna for his two runs on the night. But then DJ would tie it up on a two-run shot after that. And DJ, just want to say this, unlike Peralta, has been doing quite better lately. Something to talk about. 
And we know how important that is because, as I've said many times, DJ is a main catalyst for this lineup, whether people like it or not. And I don't know why you wouldn't like that, considering all that DJ's done for this team the last two years. But again, not to repeat myself, but that's the fact, Jack. But when it was tied, Tyone's night would end with two outs in the fifth. His final line was four and two-thirds, four hits, those two runs I told you about earlier, Olsen's solo shot and Canna's RBI single, one walk and five strikeouts. Not a bad start, but again, not great either. Not much length. Boone took him out in the fifth and wouldn't let him face Olsen to finish the fifth, which I don't really agree with, even if Olsen hit a home run off him prior, because while I do know he gave up that home run to him earlier, and I know Tyone's circumstances and everything coming into this season, but eventually you got to have him start to build up some legitimate length and got to build him some confidence. And being babied like that, it's not going to do that. It's just not going to do it. It ended up working out in that inning, of course, so it was the right move, but I'm just saying as far as building up length for him and building up his confidence, I just didn't really agree with that move. But anyways, Peralta took over, he finished the fifth and got out of it as I said. Then Rugnetto Dor would hit a solo shot to give the Yanks a 3-2 lead, looking good. But then Peralta, back out for the sixth, gets the first two outs, and then hit... Hit, three-run bomb, five three A's. (laughs) So, another choke job by Peralta in a close game. The offense would go quietly after that, and it does fall on them too. They had those two home runs, yeah, but only two other hits overall outside of those against the A's bullpen and against Caprellian, who, if you remember, is a former Yankee from the Sonny Gray trade. And boy, hasn't that worked out well in hindsight. (sighs) Anyway, the Yanks lost by that score to open up the series 5-3. Thankfully, though, didn't look like it until the end of the game, but the Yanks got back on track yesterday after Friday's loss. Herman was on the mound, and he wasn't great. Wasn't bad, but wasn't great. His home run problems continued, giving up two more, both solo shots. And he settled down a bit otherwise, but then he gave up a two-run single in his final inning of work in the fifth without getting an out. That's really when he fell apart, in that fifth inning. So, just four-plus innings for him, yet another start where he doesn't make it out of the fifth inning. And the second day in a row of little length by a starter after Tyone on Friday. Seven hits, four runs, two walks, and at least the strikeouts are back up a bit. Six strikeouts. And the bats again did nothing to help at the time, but he still didn't have his best stuff. But thankfully, the bullpen kept it at four runs. Cortez particularly. Three scoreless innings out of him. And I gotta say, he's been really good. And him keeping the A's at those four runs with those three scoreless innings, especially the way that he got out of the fifth, first and third with nobody out, and he didn't allow a run to come home, That would prove to be very important later on. And as far as I'm concerned, Cortez was the MVP of this game, outside of the Yankee offense that came back later. But it would turn out that he would end up being extremely vital to this victory for when the Yankee offense would mount their comeback. But really quick, the Yanks got their first two runs in the middle part of the game on a Geo RBI single to make it 2-1 at the time, 
And then another solo atom bomb by Gary as he continues to do well. Credit where credit is due. A bomb into the second deck in left field. And that made it 4-2 to two A's at the time. Since Herman had given up the Olsen two-run single after Geo's hit and before Gary's homer. And then, again, while Cortez for three innings, Chad in the eighth, and Chapman in the ninth for the save held it down, the offense came back. Seventh inning, RBI single for Judge made it 4-3, to three, and an RBI single by Stanton tied it at four. Chad struck out the side in the top of the eighth, and then the bottom of the eighth, Gio led off the inning with a solo shot to straightaway center. Really impressive power by him. That gave the Yankees a 5-4 to four lead. And then after Gardner bunted Giddens and Clint over to third and second, respectively, love that move. DJ, again, two-run single, made it 7-4. to four. Just want to keep saying, he continues to be better. And then Chapman in the ninth, although yet another garbage home plate umpire missed multiple calls, which also led to Boone getting thrown out of the game after throwing a tantrum. Finally, loved seeing that too. But Chapman would allow a run, but still lock it down, get his 15th save, and the Yanks would win a very important game to steer them back on course 7-5. to five. And also, they finally win a damn weekend home game, by the way. They've been terrible in those. And they've been pretty mediocre at home overall this year, too, to be honest. Only one game over 500 at home coming into today's game on Sunday. But this was a good week heading into today, guys. They've won four of their last five, yet another gritty comeback victory. And that's really been the theme of this past week, even going back to the Blue Jays series. And with that win yesterday, they also grabbed one against a top American League team in the Oakland Athletics, who lead the American League West right now, too. And we got the rubber game matchup later today, and grabbing the series against this team would be really nice. And it would also serve as more proof that when the Yanks are right, and that's the key, isn't it? (laughs) That they could beat the best that the league has to offer. They can. It's just a matter of going out there and doing it for the love of God. So keep going out there and doing it. As the iconic Emperor Palpatine says, do it. (laughs) I am such a nerd. But in the meantime, hopefully, for divisional purposes, of course, the Rays and Red Sox also continue to lose so that the Yanks can continue to gain some ground in the AL East. Slow and steady wins the race, guys. Just take it day by day. But before I bid you farewell on this Father's Day, let's give a little preview of what's to come for this coming week. We'll obviously see what happens today with the rubber game against the A's. You already know what happens since you're listening to this either tonight or later in the week, or maybe both. But tomorrow is a day off. Tuesday starts a three-game set here at home against the Royals. Finally seeing them this year. They'll be coming off of facing the Red Sox this weekend. Tuesday and Wednesday's games will both be at 7.05 Eastern, and Thursday will be at 1.05 Eastern. And Friday, speaking of the Red Sox, you got them again. At Fenway this time. And let's just hope that it goes better than our first freaking meeting here in New York. Three games set in Boston. Friday night's game will be at 7.10 Eastern. Saturday, 7.15 Eastern. And Sunday, 
when we talk again, not a primetime ESPN night game this time, so that game will be at 1.05 Eastern. But as for now, guys, that is all for episode 101 of Yapping Yankees today. A much shorter Father's Day edition, but I hope you enjoyed nonetheless. And now that I'm looking at the time, I cannot remember to save my life the last time I had an episode that was under 40 minutes long. (laughs) Please remember to follow me on all social medias so you can keep up on the latest having to do with me, the Yankees, and Yapping Yankees announcements, content, and Twitter and Instagram social media segments every Saturday. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at MikeScuds97. Also, guys, subscribe to the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel and also show some love to Yapping Yankees on the other three platforms it's available on, and those are Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And while you're at it, if you got the time, Listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you've missed. Episodes 34 up to episode 101 today are available on YouTube, and all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Once again, my good people, thank you 3000 for listening to me yap today. I am Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, June 27th, when I come at you with episode 102 of Yapping Yankees. But until then, guys, as always, hang in there, be patient, please stay safe, look out for your loved ones, and again, happy Father's Day to all of the awesome dads out there. I hope you all enjoy your day. Enjoy your week, my friends. Take care. (laughs) 